Hey, Called Shot crew. Today's bonus episode is something we have never done before. Something completely different. We are doing a review of another rule set. If you hate it, let us know. But if you love it, definitely let us know so that we can do some more of these. We've got some plans for Paizo products as well as some other rule sets we all super enjoy playing. Today is Sagaborn by Michael Balachik and Brian Cooksey. We have a blast. It's light. I go over all of the details about it, but we missed a couple of things. Michael listed Sam Flegel as the cover artist for the Sagaborn Core rulebook, and he said it was one of his biggest dreams to do the cover art for a rule set. He finally got it done, and then he credited another artist for the effort. So Michael Balachik, great job. I love the cover art on Sagaborn. Please check out the Creature Compendium Kickstarter from Sagaborn. The artwork is amazing. The work is amazing. The ideas on the monsters are awesome. Definitely check it out and support these hardworking artists. And now enjoy this week's bonus episode, Sagaborn. Welcome, Called Shot crew. We are doing something new with our Called Shot podcast today, and we hope all of you really, really enjoy this because we would love to do more of it in the future. Today, we are reviewing Sagaborn. It is a OGL 3.0 based D20 system that we found at Chattacon. Matt, Chad, and I got a chance to play with the creator Michael Balachik, and we are very excited to bring you the rule set today. With me, around this big brown table, we have four players. One of them new, you might recognize her as Joe Ali's mother, Hannah. Hey. Hi, friends. Hannah. I'm back. Yay. <laughs> so we have Hannah here to play a character for us. We're going to go into the characters a little bit later. Next to Hannah, we have Adam, your fun, loving Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Effective. And I love it. He's got a computer in front of him. He is our recording engineer. And next to him, we have... I'm Matt. Excellent. And then we have who? I'm Chad. You probably know me better as Sebastian. Yes. Very good. So let's get into... First, the biggest question I know all of you are asking is, what the heck is Sagaborn? D20 system based off of the Wizards of the Coast OGL from 3.0. Now, for those of us that don't know, what is OGL? OGL is the open gaming license. It allows us to use a lot of the rules and systems from Wizards of the Coast for free. Then if you want to find this uh, game system, you can buy it on drivethroughrpg.com. They have both print and digital formats. Or you can visit Sagaborn.com and DarkReturn.com. DarkReturn.com has a lot. It's basically a Wikipedia for the setting. There isn't a book for the setting just yet, but you can find any information you want from there. So the setting that he uses with Sagaborn is called Dark Return, the lands of Euteria, and it takes place on the continent of Athelese. They have uh, elves. They've got dwarves, they've got humans, but basically magic and the elves have just returned to the land, but the barrier between our world and the dream world seems to be weakened. 
It's a little bit of a darker setting, a little more dark than I'm used to playing. I like bright, happy, fun, fun worlds. This one is dangerous and ugly. They are also going to be starting a Kickstarter for their Creature Compendium. We are recording this session early so that we can release it shortly after their Kickstarter starts. So we don't have quite all of the information yet, but definitely go and find them as soon as possible. Hopefully we even have a link in our podcast description. And we all like this because it is a rules light system. Literally half of the group today has sat down and never looked at Sagaborn before, and they are going to learn and play as we record. We did a little bit of talking before we actually turned on the mics, but they really have no idea what they're about to get into. So Hannah, how much tabletop role-playing have you done so far? Very, very little. So sitting down at this game, happy, excited, scared? A mixture of excited and maybe a little bit of nervous, but... Well, don't be nervous. We're all very fun-loving, generous people. Except for Adam. He's a jerk. (laughs) I would know from experience. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything anybody wants to add before we really dive into some more specifics of this game? Great. That means I actually did a good job for once. Look at me go. So, Sagaborn, let's talk about the characters everybody has chosen. I did some pre-gens so that you didn't have to actually get into the nitty-gritty of character building before we started playing today. So let's talk about race, class, some fun things that you're doing with your character, as well as uh, talents, stuff like that. We'll get into all of it. We'll start with Chad. Who are you playing? Uh, I'm playing Cynric. I'm a uh, human fighter. All right, I've got to write that down. Cynric, and of course you've chosen a name, I must ask, how do you spell it? <laughs> uh, C-E-N-R-I-C. Oh, that's actually very doable. Cynric. I, I had to think of you, Wes. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Cynric's a, I won't say standard, but a sword and board fighter. Heavy armor, scale mail, long sword, shield, up front, in charge, and puts the pointy bit in other things. So as someone that loves to play fighter, what do the talents look like for a fighter in this kind of rule setting? So for talents with this thing, with this game system, it's very similar to feats in uh, either Pathfinder or uh, D&D 3.0. But you get points at certain levels that you can spend on talents. Uh, They are one, two, or three points apiece. Most of them are one. A few of the more difficult ones are two points. I think I only saw one three-pointer in the whole list. Can you save talent points? You can from level to level. So if you only get one talent point, I think everybody gets two talent points at level one. Uh, But if you want to save up for one of those three pointers, you're more than welcome to do so. So you do not have to spend them at every level. So what did Chad, what did you get as the fighter? Well, in this case, it's uh, largely focused around, well, defense. I've got take a hit, which uh, increases my damage resistance Uh, by one point. I've got dodge, which increases my armor class by a point. Shield bash, which... As a free action, I can uh, take a heroic action, essentially, to slam my shield on someone and try and knock them on their on their butt, if you will. Gotcha. And since we've mentioned it, what's a heroic yeah. action? So a heroic action is Sagaborn's replacement for combat maneuver bonus and defense or grapple checks back in 3.0. It is a highly simple system, and I love it. <laughs> Say you want to say you see a guy sitting in a chair and you want him want to knock him into the generous fire that he is warming himself in front of. But you're an evil person and you want to push him into the fire in Sagaborn. All you have to do is an opposed D20 check. 
As a player, you somehow justify the ability that you want to add to the D20 roll. As the GM, I pick how uh, which ability I'm going to roll against. Uh, whoever rolls the higher number succeeds at that action. So pushing the guy in the fire, you want to use your strength. You roll a D20, add your strength. Uh, my guy is a little more dexterous. I just want him to try and roll with it and dive out of the way as part of the action. We do an imposed roll. If you roll higher, he winds up in the fire. If I roll higher, then yes. he rolls away from it, even if you do succeed on your action. Yeah, higher yes. roll wins. So how many... It's an imposed roll. Do you get to do these as often as you want, or do yes. you have a pool of them? They are a standard action. Oh, so okay, cool. It's like grapple, it's yeah. like pin, trip, yep. things yep. like that. Very so cool. there's like a lot of wiggle room to kind of do whatever you really want to. They advertise on the back of their core rule book. It is a rules-light, story-focused system. So we make it up as we go, and we he just gives us the basis to roll with it. Yeah, and those, we describe the action after it happens. I'm very excited. <laughs> those heroic actions definitely encourage, you know, imagination and, and flair. Yeah, during our play test with the creator, there was a lot of interesting things done with that. And since you bring it up, I think I noticed, tell me if you agree, uh, the first, we played two days in a row. Mm -hmm. So we played once at third level, once at fourth level, both of them about three to four hours apiece. First night it was very rote, very... Uh, just normal driving actions. Mm -hmm. The second day when we showed up, yeah. everybody at that table was rocking with the heroic actions. Yeah, we had one guy bouncing <laughs> off the uh, bar onto the chandelier, flipping, and I mean, just every action it's he did gorgeous. was was just yep. you know yep. Errol Flynn. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be a standard action. If what you're doing is jumping into a chandelier, it's then a move action, and you just do a heroic action to see if uh, if you succeed at grabbing the chandelier or whatever you want to do, and then you can do your normal attack at the end of it. Wow. That's cool. I like that. So what else do you have, Chad? Uh, only other thing I have for talents is approved, improved initiative, which a lot of people are probably familiar with from 3.0 and whatnot. In this case, it's just a straight plus two bonus to initiative. So makes me a little bit uh, faster to get the pointy bit of my sword into someone else. I like that. So anything else about the fighter that we need to look at? Um, uh, a lot of the rest of it's going to be familiar, I think, to anyone that's played a fighter in a system like Pathfinder or D&D. Uh, you know, very strength and con focused as far as skills like endurance and, uh, and athletics. Um, no, otherwise, I think he's just sort of your solid uh, frontliner. Sweet. In a lot of ways. So what, uh, how many hit points do, does uh, Cynric have? Uh, 24. I just want to compare the hit points for everybody as we play so we yep. can show the difference there. So the fighter has how many again? 24 hit points Excellent. and just for sake of comparison, a 19 armor class. Okay. So, so out of curiosity, cool. are hit points based off con still? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they have a hit dice. You add your con every level. What's your con, Chad? <laughs> He's already compares. Like, you picked the barbarian, didn't you? No, I didn't. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no. uh, 16. Okay. All right, we're going to move over to Adam's character, since you were talking next. Oh, so are you that. playing? Uh, so I am playing a Dwarven Archeon. Uh, now, my understanding is the Archeons are kind of these people that don't like magic, so they try and either seek out magic users and kill them off. They can be. Uh, they can also be bodyguards for magic users as well. So they're one or the other. Either they hate magic users or they like them and want to protect them. Typically speaking, yes. Although I could see a character based off of uh, that conflict between the two. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but his name is Doff. D-O-F. That's why I like playing with Adam, everybody. Right. Simple Three names. letters. Yeah. I like it simple, man. I John don't need to... Mark Doff. You have a hard syllable limit, don't you? <laughs> but think about all of my other characters, too. Echo pick uh, all three letter characters i love it yeah. uh so let's let's talk about the archeon a little bit uh what talents do you have 
so I have something called Disperse Magic. Uh, once a round, I can negate magic attacks uh, that I take, or so that I take zero damage, basically. Um, I have to be aware that they're coming in, to me, it seems like, and I also cannot be flat-footed. So I'm assuming flat-footed is similar in this. Is it just a minus to dex? Correct. Okay, so basically just take your dex bonus away from your AC. Yes. Okay. Um, and then uh, it's handled like a heroic action. So basically, I guess I roll and you roll. If I win, or if I get the higher roll, then I don't take the damage? Correct. Okay. And it's uh, the nice thing is it's a free action. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. if uh, my bad guy casts... I've been using Fireball all night, so if my guy casts Fireball at you, then uh, you could roll, do your heroic action, yeah. and more than likely, uh, the rule you would use there is if it's against an environment or something else, the GM just gets a solid plus two to the roll. Gotcha. That's about all I do. Yeah. Um, I also have Magic Sense, which for anyone that's played games like this before, it's pretty much just detect magic for an Archeon. Sorry, it's like detect evil, not detect magic. I spend half an hour in an area or with a person, and I automatically detect if the magic is ravaging. Um, I can also tell if magic is ravaging magic with a DC 15 awareness check. So, Wes, tell me, what exactly is uh, ravaging magic? So, with this setting, magic isn't something that just happens. You're actually pulling life force in order to cast spells. And we'll get a little bit more into it with Matt's character. But, gotcha. you use mana. And if you run out of that mana, you can then choose one of two options. You can either focus or you can ravage. If you focus, you're pulling on your personal life force. If you uh, want, if you're an evil type person and you want to pull it from the world around you, you ravage. And you do a d20 roll for your spellcraft check to make sure you succeed. If you roll a one on that roll, then it automatically goes to the other side. So if a Ravager rolls a one on that spellcraft check, then they then focus but pull their own life force. If they are focusing and they roll a one on that spellcraft check, then they Ravage. I like that. That's really neat. And it's pulling so it'll kill the grass, the trees. Uh, I think it'll even damage the people around them and pull from their life force in order to give them more mana to cast that day. Wow. Uh, the other one I've got is Mage Bane, and this is actually the reason I chose this pre-gen character. Um, once around, I roll 2d20s on an attack and take the higher roll versus any creature or person using magic, also usable as heroic actions. And you guys know what the way that I roll. <laughs> It'd be really nice to be able to pick from 2d20s instead of just one. You're going to need three. <laughs> right. I've seen you roll. Yeah. I probably would be very capable of rolling two ones. Yeah. I don't wouldn't put it past you. So uh, what about else about the Archeon should we look at? Um, well, you asked Chad about HP. Um, yes. I, the reason I was interested in your con and everything is because my HP is higher than yours, and I didn't mm -hmm. expect that. Um, I've got 26 HP, which is not much higher, um, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, my con is an 18, so it's probably where I'm getting those extra points at. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed I've got on my sheet, I haven't heard anyone else mention anything about it, is something called a legacy item. Um, I have a legacy breastplate. So can you kind of tell me what, what is the legacy items? Because that sure. sounds pretty interesting. I love the legacy items as well. There's a lot about this system that's pretty fun. Legacy items are basically your items that you've used or they're generating story around your character. And then they level up and grow with you. So at level one, you have your legacy item. And then at level two, it gains a bonus for weapons. It increases their crit range for armor. It gives you a little bit of damage reduction. If it's a magic focus item, it allows you some extra abilities there with your magic casting. So as you level up, the item levels up with you. As you get higher in level, you then get second and third legendary items to go with you or legacy items to go grow with you. 
That's really neat. I like that. I like the idea of being like able to grow with your equipment. Because one of the things that frustrates me the most in other gaming systems is constantly having to upgrade, and you're not always always you're not always able to upgrade when you need to. Right. So you know the idea of having equipment that kind of grows with you. I think that's really mm-hmm. organic and really really neat. Um, so I've noticed with my breastplate, I get one dr. So I guess if you do five points of damage, I only take four. Correct. Damage reduction is really pretty amazing, and yeah. it's uh, and in Pathfinder you have the, the DR with a dash next to it. It's just everything, and nothing bypasses it. Right, so it's not like DR cold or DR evil Correct. or DR good, which is always confusing because if it's DR evil, that means that you take less damage from good, right? It's Correct. the opposite of whatever it mm-hmm. says, which always weirds me out. Like, ugh. Yeah. with this, it's just so clean. It's so nice. And the DR in other games doesn't really apply to magic. In right. this, it does. Wow. It does. It's just flat across the board. Yep. That's awesome. Yes. And I don't know if we actually mentioned it, although you might have been able to infer. Uteria, Sagaborn, is a low magic fantasy setting. So not everybody has magic. Correct. So magic is a wild, crazy thing that not everybody has grown up seeing. They're, they don't have a shaman in the middle of the village casting continual lights, keep everything aflame. It's a low magic setting. Gotcha. Level eight is where you max out in the setting as well. So you're really enjoying the path and the journey of leveling up rather than trying to get to level 12, 14, 18 as quickly as possible. So it's much slower paced then. It can be, yes. Hannah, the new person at the table. <laughs> yes. What are you playing today? I am playing, let's see, a fawn rogue. Whoa, wait, wait. Did you say fawn? Fawn. Do you know what a fawn is? Why don't you tell me? <laughs> I was really hoping you would know so you could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, do you know what a fawn is? I mean, I've seen the Narnia movies, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on right there with Narnia. Right. Yeah, right. the basically a goat creature. Right. So top half of a human body, bottom mm-hmm. half of a goat mm-hmm. sort of deal. Uh, yeah. I was watching Michael's YouTube channel that he has, mm-hmm. and uh, he described, his player was describing his character with uh, completely different characters or creatures. So mm-hmm. the bottom half can be kind of open and fluid to whatever story you want to generate, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. effectively bottom half animal, top half human. Right, right. And uh, I did read that they are about six feet tall, so mm-hmm. I get to be a tall creature this time. Well, that's interesting. Normally, fawns are really small. Right. I was surprised by that. Yeah. So, so what is your fawn's name? We're going with Arthur, a.k.a. Art, or Artie, <laughs> if you're uh, brave enough. <laughs> okay. So we're going with Artie then. <laughs> A-R-T-Y? Sure. All right. Artie. <laughs> what are some fun things that the fawn rogue gets to do? So it looks like I have weapon dexterity, um, where I can use my dex uh, to hit a... Wait, what is this? Yes, weapon dexterity? Yeah, yeah. It, it says uh, use dex for to hit bonus on melee attacks. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, normally you use strength. Okay. But that talent for a rogue allows you to use your dexterity, which allows you to remain very dexterous mm-hmm. for your AC bonus. But then you can also use that finesse to attack other creatures. Okay. Um, I've got something called Stunning Strike, um, where it looks like if I make a hit, my enemy is stunned for one round. At a minus five to that hit, I believe. Yes. So you take yes. a minus five, but if you hit, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. stunned for a round. Okay. Right. <laughs> I got mad over there. No save? Hey guys, no save. Wow. That's <laughs> rough. Um, I've got something called Sneak Attack, where um, 
It says enemy is distracted, flanked, or flat-footed. Do you want to elaborate on that for me? Sure. Uh, you recognize it mostly from uh, Pathfinder in D&D 3.0. As long as you're flanked, you get to add a D6 to your damage roll. Okay. Uh, this one adds in distracted or flat-footed. So mm-hmm. the, the, the options are pretty open. So if you can somehow justify sneak attack, then it works. Okay. All right. So it's pretty open-ended like everything else. <laughs> I've got Trap Finder, so I can search and disarm traps when the DC is over 20. Um, Evasion, so it looks like a successful reflex save for half damage. Uh, The rogue takes no damage. Yeah, that evasion's nice. That's exciting. Let's hope you run into some spells that you can save against later, right? I would like to. (laughs) Let's hope we don't. I don't get that. (laughs) So it sounds like a lot of other systems. Rogues have like a million talents, just like in other systems. Uh, But... They're not as big of a skill monkey. Uh, skills are pretty much the same across the board, which I thought was kind of cool. And how about a legacy item? Okay, so my legacy item is my short sword. So you get to uh, crit on either a 19 or a 20. Yes. And crits in Sagaborn are also different. Uh, in Pathfinder and D&D, you have to confirm your critical role. In Sagaborn, if you roll a 19 or a 20, automatic crit. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah. And it's double damage, exactly like it is in Pathfinder. So you just roll your damage twice. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think sneak attack is included in that. It's just your weapon damage. Sorry. But it's still a lot of damage when you hit. Is there anything else? How many hit points does uh, your Fawn Rogue have? 14. So almost half of the two fighters then. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to share? No. And now we'll move on to one of the more complicated characters that's sitting at the table. Matt, who are you playing tonight? I am playing Jin, the Elfling Wilder. Jin. How, Jin. Do, you, how do you spell that? J-E-N. Oh, man, I love you guys. <laughs> Easy, simple. Okay, so tell us about Jin. Uh, Elfling, from what I can tell, they look like a, just an amalgamation of all the short class, short races. Looks like partially a gnome, partially halfling, maybe even a touch of kinder from uh, from the Dragonlance people. Um, fearless, which is a halfling thing. The Wonderlust, they kind of uh, believe in chaos and like to travel around a lot. So it just same, and I also don't see any other races that are of the you know halfling gnome race. So I think that's their equivalence of those short races. Oh. Okay, so you're basically thinking they just combined everything all up in one. Seems like that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Kind of like yeah. all the fae together. The fae, exactly. Yeah. It's very exact because they uh, this uh, basic elfling has written as iron discomfort doesn't actually cause damage, but it may cause like itching or rash or something like that. There's a feral elfling. They actually take damage from iron items, and I imagine they're I guess like wild elves or something like that. I didn't really read about them. Uh, but yeah, Elfling Wilder. Uh, Wilder is... That was something I was going to bring up. Uh, there are three class types in this game. Scout, Mage, Warrior. And we're all just subsets of those class types. So I'm a subset of the Mage class. I'm playing a Wilder, uh, which is, for lack of a better word, like a Sorcerer from Pathfinder or, or a 3E. But the biggest thing I've noticed so far with the magic is it's not the uh, typical standard magic what do they call that, Chad? You remember? The, What's that? I'm sorry. What's the the type of magic that where you memorize spells? Oh, Vancian. Vancian. Thank you. It's not the Vancian style. Vancian style is where you memorize a spell, you cast it, it leaves your mind. Uh, in Sagaborn, you've got mana points, and each spell requires X of mana mana. Got your zero levels, kind of like cantrips, and you got first 
level, which is one mana, and then you got three mana, which is the equivalent second, and so forth. And it scales up pretty much odd numbers. One, three, five, seven. Those are one, three, five, seven. So those yep. up to fourth level spells. As a wilder, I don't memorize spells. I just know spells, sort of like a sorcerer. But the spell list is, there isn't like a spell list for wizards or a spell list for druids and clerics. It's just a spell list that has all the spells and everybody takes whatever they want to know. Oh, wow. So, so it applies to everybody. Right. Like a cleric has cleric spells, which don't have damage for the most part. They're mostly healing and restorative, things like that. All casters, all mages in this system can take whatever they want. So it's the feel is more that you're shaping magic rather than casting a known set of spells. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's more worldish, more naturish, you know, because you are pulling from your own will, your own special, uh, I guess, will, for lack of a better word. And I think mana represents your ability to use your own personal pool of power because when you run out, you can use focusing. Yes. Well, no, tell us about focusing. We talked about it a little bit Did before. Oh, yeah, no, uh, you just make a spellcraft check, and yeah. if you succeed, then you gain a little bit more mana. Right. I forget how much. Whatever you use. So if you use a th- if you cast a three mana spell, you you save or you take three points or half of that rounded up if you save. So instead of spells being like levels, like like. Compared to a fourth level spell, you may have a mana that costs, or you may have a spell that costs four mana. Right. Well, it costs seven. So, like, first level, we'll call it first level. First level is one mana, second level is three, third level is five, fourth level is seven. Gotcha. And that's the cap. You can know spells that are beyond your caster level, for lack of a better word. Like, I'm a second level uh, wilder, but I do have what you would consider a second level spell, uh, which costs three mana. And that's because I have the talent Spell Sight. Uh, whenever I see a spell being cast, I cast a spellcraft check to learn the spell. So I can literally see somebody cast something and know it if oh, I wow. make a successful spellcraft. So anyway, going to my talents, I have basically all mine are like meta magic feats from 3.0 Pathfinder. Uh, one of my talents is enlarge spell, which doubles the range of a spell by doubling the mana cost. I have empower spell, which this one's kind of neat. Spend one mana to add a d6 to the spell's dice roll. Initially, when I first saw it, I was thinking of a damaging spell, but I've taken some healing spells, I've taken some restoration spells, and they have a spell dice pool. So I could heal for the normal d8 plus one and add d6 for mana. I can cast uh, Ray of Enfeeblement, which is one of my spells, which normally does 1d6 plus one strength. Well, I can add an extra mana and do 2d6 worth of strength damage. So it's, it's pretty versatile uh, in power. Yeah. Spell memory. Uh, basically, like I said, sorcerer, but you can add spells by viewing them. And you do get more spells by leveling up. Spells. Actually, I'm going to stop you Go there. Ahead. Yep. Don't get more spells leveling up. You have to see them in the game world in order to learn the spells. Oh, I misread that. I thought you got some when you leveled up. You don't? Nope. Okay. You don't gain uh, you don't gain new spells just by leveling up. You have to actually see them in the world, which as a GM I love because then I can kind of control yeah. what you can find. Now, you can hire a mage to cast a spell, and if you do that, then you get a big bonus to your role to learn the spell. You can learn it from uh, scrolls and some other things, but... Oh yeah, I saw that about an item. You can use an item, but it's a different check. It's it's a whole it's a different mechanic from items. Um, being a wild wilder, I have wild magic, which is basically my cannon. You know, it's it's like you said earlier, uh, Wes. It's like the replacement for my crossbow. It's a ranged touch attack with a plus two to hit. It's a D four plus one damage force effect, sixty feet, no limit. I can just do it every round. Huh. Um, Elfling, you know, the iron. I think I think I talked about the iron discomfort. 
And the nice thing, I have a legacy item, which is a necklace. And it's interesting because it stores, at this level, it stores one zero level, one zero mana spell as a free action. So in combat, it allows more action economy. And my plan was to use this zero level spell days to give me a free days every round in combat. Great. Nice. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Really, I am. Well, one question on that. Does it discharge from the item and you have to recharge it? Or is it just stored perpetually until you change it? Doesn't really clarify that. Ah, so, so it's I'm a GM's sure. call. I'm going to be uh, Facebooking Michael Balachik later today <laughs> to try and clear that up. Uh, but right now we're making the rule. It never says it discharges. It doesn't say once a day. It doesn't say once a round or anything. So we're going with once a round. Like, Fair enough. Just and here's why. The DR or the DR for a legacy item of armor gives you that DR permanently. Well, and, and I've noticed both, a lot of same thing. A lot of talents seem to be once around, so I don't see why that wouldn't be once around. As and well. that's yeah. what I'm thinking yeah. too. So and it's and a, zero, a zero level spell, zero level not spell. huge, yeah. but to be able to cast days yeah. all the time. And the legacy item was looking at higher levels. You can start putting more higher mana cost spells into the mm -hmm. legacy item. So nice. it does scale pretty well with level. Uh, hit points 15, which is pretty good. Uh, Wilders, I was one of the mages, get D8 plus con. And I have an AC of 15 because I can wear leather armor. What's your mana pool like? I'm really curious about that. I have six mana per day. Okay. So is that based off charisma or intelligence? Good question. Uh, you can, it's kind of a DM discretion. You can use any of the non-physical stats. You can use intelligence, wisdom, charisma, kind of basically on what you want to play. Gotcha. So huh. if you want to make a charismatic guy or like a cleric -y guy with wisdom or a smart guy with intelligence... Again, it allows it pushes creativity to kind of come up with your own idea. Sure. So in a lot of video games, you've got a mana pool like Final Fantasy, things like that. Uh -huh. You always have uh, like mana potions. Is that something that's in this game or are there mana potions? So if you run out of mana, you can pop a potion real quick and then it's full. I like, bet there is. I would imagine so. I just know that most of the time when you have a mana pool, there's a mana potion as well. I haven't seen one yet. Um, but I, every time I check Facebook, Michael's always adding new fun stuff. Yeah. So I bet if you mention it to him or it's some, <laughs> it might even be something already in the game. This is, I like it. This is kind of a beta test, right? We are doing a, uh, is that right or no? The Sagaborn setting has been released. Okay. So this is done. Uh, he is going into beta for a new system soon. Okay. It's supposed to be coming out around August with Gen Con. We'll find out more about that later. Cool. I'm what, not, I don't know the details. What's beautiful about this is it seems like if something doesn't exist, like a mana potion, since you pull mana from life, you could probably bottle that, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, it seems like with this being a pretty rule light system, if it fits into the story, it works. Yeah, absolutely. And as uh, a GM or as uh, another player at their own table, if that's what the group wants to do, and absolutely, I think this game system absolutely encourages those sorts of additions. If you want to home rule it, Home rule it. That's awesome. I love that. It seems almost like you could do a healing potion could also be a mana potion. It's bottled life. Sure. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. If you're playing like a clericky, you find holy water. That'll do it. If you're a nature guy, you find like a nice clean spring, that sort of stuff. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Just opens up all the creativity. So that's it. And so I'm looking at my sheet with all the information I wanted to make sure we covered. I think we got it all. You guys ready to actually dive in and start playing this Dude, game? I'm Let's stoked. Do it. Let's do this. Do thing. this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little setting up here. We'll do a little bit of RP. We'll get a little bit of combat in. Everybody will be happy. You guys have been hired by the group in this setting that hires people to go do fun stuff. They're called the Wanderers. 
Ooh, shady. So th- effectively, if I was going to be playing this game for a longer term, I would have started you in the city. You would have found a post to go and talk to the Wanderers about doing this job. Well, we're skipping all of that. And we're going right to where you needed to go to make this job happen. You are edge. at a f- set of farms in Euteria. It's just outside the city of, it's just outside of Fairyport. You have been hired to go and find out what is happening. About the most information they had is something creepy is happening. The farmers are complaining about demons invading their farm system. They're not really sure what's going on. As a group, you've been hired to check this out and find out what's going on. So you've made your way to this area called the farms, and you're standing outside of one of those cottages. What color is this cottage? Red. So it's a red cottage with a straw roof. Obviously, this cottage must have some money in order to be able to paint it red. And while you're standing outside trying to figure out what to do, the door creaks open. And there is a wild-haired man standing in the doorway, and he is beginning to charge down at the group. What does this man see as far as this group goes? Let's go ahead and take a moment to describe your characters. Uh, Cynric is probably best described as an old soldier. Mid-30s, salt and pepper, black hair, kind of careworn, perpetual uh, stubble. Well-oiled uh, and repaired uh, scale mail. Uh, Longsword has been sharpened many, many times. Uh, his legacy item is a wooden, heavy wooden shield, kite shield. Um, it's battered. It's scorched. There's uh, deep gouges in it, and there's the uh, partially worn away symbol of a black bear on a wild, on a uh, white field. Okay, that's cool. Black bear, white field, well worn shield, showing that it had gone through many battles before. Yes, and that's why you're considering it your legacy item. Yep, I I've like carried that. this my entire career. It saved my life many times. Beautiful. Jen is, you know, three feet tall, uh, wearing the leather armor, but I imagine he probably wears sort of a, a earth tone robe. I've kind of gone in the direction more druidic with him, even though he's charisma based. So he has an amulet that's essentially the green man around his neck that he uses. It's his legacy item. Um, the green man, like, like the jolly green giant from like the P commercial. No, there's, <laughs> there's a. I don't know any other way to put it. Is that not a familiar thing, Green Man? It is to me. I know what you're referring to. I don't. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Green Man? It's it's a face, and it's like leafy. It looks very naturist, nature-like. Oh, okay. It's usually Uh, a representation of like Pan or one of the nature gods. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, okay. Um, Wears that as his amulet. Uh, It carries more of a shillelagh than a quarterstaff. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he's got um, just kind of a, a, a rat's nest kind of hair. It's a little wild, maybe even some straw or... Uh, some sort of weeds in his hair. And as charismatic as he is, it's more of his personality. He's kind of an ugly dude. So he can talk anybody into doing anything. Yeah, well, but they're, from the, across the room, they're not going to want to talk to this exactly. guy. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's very approachable, you know. Okay. Yeah, anybody wants to talk to him, but he's just very friendly. Very He, he, looks, for his, he looks out for people. Um, looking at the elfling uh, race, they are very nomadic. When they get into a group that they like, they really bond with them. So... As far as these guys go, he he loves these guys. So he's very friendly, and that's really the big charisma for him is he's always looking out for everybody. I like that. Uh, Doff is probably about four feet tall even. 
Uh, he's got long black hair, long black beard. It's braided. It's got a lot of beads in it. He's a dwarf, so they probably really, really, you know, I like to imagine that they're very uh, jewelry orientated, very flourishing kind of. Um, he's got a very, very bright breastplate on, and it's got all kinds of scratches on it, uh, like deep gashes almost, but it's never been penetrated as far as you can tell. And that's his legacy item. Uh, it's got a big phoenix on the front. I like to imagine it's something that's been around for probably passed down in his family. You know, maybe a old dwarf before they left the land and came back created it. Um, and it keeps him protected. I love that idea too. The phoenix with the green man. Hannah, you have a lot to live up to here. What <laughs> have you got I for do. us? I know this is wild. Let's describe your fawn. All right. So my fawn, Artie, he's about six feet tall. He's, uh, he's leather clad. Everything he's got on is leather. And from the waist down, he's full on billy goat. <laughs> <laughs> what color billy goat? Gray. Ooh, I'm going to go gray. Yeah. All right, gray. So is he gray like older? No, just gray. Just he's, gray. he's a younger dude. He's handsome, you know? And I'd like to think he's, a, he's gregarious. Everybody's his best friend. He's the cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch you uh, watch you play this out. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, so your the, your legacy item was the short sword. The short sword. Describe that mm-hmm. to us. So I, I think that you know everything else on him is probably new and shiny and you know kind of fancy looking, but the short sword is old. I think it's probably an heirloom type type item, maybe from passed down from his father. So it's a little bit worn. Probably not quite as sharp right. as it should be, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how does uh, how does the Archeon and the fighter feel about a well-worn sword like that? Well, as long as it's well-maintained, not everybody can uh, put a shaving edge on a blade. So here we are with a man opening the door, wild hair, crazy-eyed, charging out at you, basically yelling, What are you doing to my lawn? You need to get out of here. What are y'all doing around here, you youngin' children? Get out. What are you? Get Go away. Days. <laughs> okay. uh, what's the save on that? 13. We'll save to 13. Are you really doing that? Yeah. Okay. It's not going to hurt him. It's just going to slow him down. All right. Uh, he's slowed down. So he, he basically loses his action. He, so he's. Okay. What? What? Is, is there a visual effect that goes along with that? Um, since it's in his amulet, that's his free action mm. that he uses every round. The eyes of the green man kind of glow a brighter, uh, like a lime green, and then no other actual projectile comes out. So it's just more of a mental thing since the days. The eyes light up, and he just kind of fumbles for a second, like you lost your thought sort of thing. And he's fumbling around going, what? Once he uh, kind of staggers, Cynric is actually going to walk up to him and just, not to hurt him, but essentially bump him with a shield and just knock him down. Okay. Just put uh, him down on the ground. All right. Doffel uh, walk up to Cynric. Cynric, Cynric, friend, we are here to investigate the farm, not hurt the farmer himself. It's already happening. <laughs> it's already happening. So let's do heroic actions. We're going to go ahead and get this right out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do your roll. And I'm. what are you adding to your heroic action? I'm role? going strength. Strength. I'm just, so you're trying to push him over. Yeah, he's just, Cynric's just putting the shield up on his arm and just just essentially body blocking this guy to the ground. Okay. While he's, while he's stunned. What's your total? <laughs> Not that great, actually. Um, <laughs> eight. He, uh, has, he falls down. He has minus two. Eh? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. He falls down, and he is not happy. Now his face is beginning to turn red. Even the hair on top of his head is starting to look like a little bit of fire. Then it recedes Uh a little bit, (laughs) and he goes, and he's just quiet on the ground, very sullen. 
Calm down, old man. Jen will, ru- Jen will rush over and, and just kind of see if he's all right. I mean, he's seen his. He's seen Sid, Sinric. Sinric do this before. It's more like a soldier action, like stop. You know, it's more of a showing force. He didn't kind try to hurt him. I get that. Almost a policeman action. Yeah, exactly. Control. Like it's just okay. a soldier just reacting. Mm-hmm. But I do run over just to make sure he's not hurt. All right. Uh, he doesn't seem injured. He may have like bumped his butt on the ground a little harder than he likes. His tailbone, his tailbone is a little sore. Hurt his pride. Oh, definitely has hurt his pride. And he just looks up up at you like, "What?" Art is gonna run over and you know extend a hand, try to help the guy up. He feels bad. He'll push it away. He's not happy with you for at all right now. (laughs) He backs up with his hands up. Sorry, bro. Can you? Sorry, man. <laughs> I think I missed the description. You said fiery hair. Was that true fire? No. Okay. It's, uh, it's an, it would almost be like maybe your eyes were playing a trick on you. Okay. Like an illusion? Not an illusion. Okay. But it, the blood rushing to his head I so see. quickly, like it uh, almost like it went out the top of his head and then came back down. I'm in a sinus drug haze today, so <laughs> uh, I, you know, Jen will hold his hands up. I, no offense, friend. No offense. Just wanted to calm me down. And he starts, he kind of like rolls over to his side. He's an older man, so standing up is a little difficult for him. You hear creaks and cracks and pops in his bones as he stands straight up and looks at you and goes, Okay, now that you have entered my land and injured me and my pride, what do you want? Well, we were sent here to investigate something for you. The demons? The gremlins in our fields and forests? We weren't exactly told what it was, just that there was something here, something going on. Well, you're in for a world of hurt. World of hurt. And he just turns around and starts walking back towards his door. Are we in the right place? (laughs) (laughs) Jen, you had the map. We are in the right place, right? (laughs) Do you want help with this or not? Help from a bunch of ragamuffin pre-teen, pre-pubescent losers like you? Why would I want any help? Well, because unlike you, we can stand on our own two feet. Jim Jim pulls a couple weeds out of his hair, try to clean up a little bit. (laughs) Can I roll like a sense motive to see if he's trying to get us to go away or? Uh, You guys entered his area and immediately started attacking him. So let's see here. Let's do a persuasion check. Okay. We were just trying to knock the crazy out of him. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> awareness check. Awareness? Yes. Okay. Um, good, because my awareness is way better than my persuasion. Uh, that's going to be a 15. Okay. His pride is most likely injured, and as much as he was trying to put up a strong front, he's not a strong man. He's old. He's a little frail. Uh, but the farm behind him is in full bloom. If you look around the side, most of the other farms, their crops are... They're steady. It's still early in the season, so the crops are lower, but his are fully double what everyone else's is. Uh, friend, yeah. I, I know that you were probably upset because we came onto your land, and my, my friend Cedric here, he attacked you, and he's he's just a little, you know, he wanted to make sure he was not being attacked by you. We can see that your crops are clearly much better condition than all of the other farms around here, so we assume that you may be able to do harm to us. And we don't want that. We're here for you, and we want to be able to help. So what, what's your name? Tell us. <sighs> Jen's nodding, nodding vigorously. <laughs> My name is Victor. Hi, Victor. <laughs> nice to meet you, Victor. <laughs> he, he's not going to give you a whole lot, uh, but that's what you've picked up from your uh, sense motive, basically. Okay. And moving forward, you guys tell me what 
skill you think you should use, gotcha. and we'll kind of go with that as well. Okay. Um, and we're all we'll play together and find out which skill we should actually roll under for these because these are a much bigger heading, so we have a little more freedom to play with. Awesome. Very cool. Yes. So, Victor, there are demons about. It looks like your farm's doing great. Uh, I was under the impression that something was wrong with your farm. The people around here are scared to go into the forest because of gremlins and demons attacking us. I mean, what's happened to make you think there are demons and gremlins? Little wild-eyed. He goes, just go into the forest and you'll find out for yourself. Have you seen anything? Demons? Yes. Seen the gremlins. Yeah? Okay. You've seen something then. Oh, yeah. What do they look like? They look like death. Well, that's a little vague now, isn't it? Possibly. I don't think I want to go into the forest. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be okay. We'll figure out what's going on. Buck up, Artie. We've seen worse. (laughs) We can do this. What part of the forest then, old man, if you're not willing to tell us what you've seen? He kind of just points down the path, and it's towards the general direction of the forest, but it spreads out before you in 180 degrees, and the the path kind of branches off in a couple of different areas. Like, if you want more information, you should probably go talk to someone else. And he continues to make his way towards his door. Um, can I use my magic sense to see if there is some sort of like uh, magic happening on his farm to make his crops better? Let's see. Yours, I think your It's magic- really just ravaging, but I'm wondering if he's yes. using some sort of ravaging magic to steal from the other farms. Awareness check. Ooh, that was a good one. Nice. Uh, 23. There's the possibility. That he's using magic to yes. steal from the other farms? Probably not steal. Okay. To assist. His but own definitely his assist own. his own. Assist his own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Victor, uh, can you give us an idea of someone else to talk to? Is there another farm nearby? Persuasion. He, sure. Uh, give me a persuasion roll. Yeah, let's see if he's actually going to give you a name. 17? A 17 will work. He'll just kind of like, hmm, Marjorie will probably be in a lot more willing mood to talk to you whippersnappers. <laughs> Where can we find her? He just kind of looks like, well, you found me, didn't you? It wasn't difficult. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Victor. Let's uh, we'll we'll talk to your friend Marjorie and see if we can get a little bit more information. And he'll storm his way back into uh, the cottage. He'll slam the door shut behind you, and the a couple of sh- pieces of straw fall down from his roof. The hell is that guy's problem? <laughs> As we're walking away, Jen kind of throws his stone back at him. He's like, "I'm probably older than he is." <laughs> 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 All right, but not so near as cranky. <laughs> nope, there's nope. a few more cottages around that line the path towards the forest. Uh, most of them look like they're tending a small field behind them. Uh, what color? One make one purple, one yellow, one green. Yeah, sure, one, sure. Check one the green has a one. fish. One has a horse. One has a yeah. Absolutely <laughs> love this. So, uh, which color are you going to go towards first? I like green. Let's do the green. Yeah. All right. So you walk up to the green cottage. Days. <laughs> Can you daze a cottage? The cottage falls over. <laughs> it loses its action. I hit the cottage with my shield. <laughs> well, at least we have a plan. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what do you do as you approach the green cottage? How long was the walk between the two cottages? Was it uh, 50 feet? Probably a mile. A mile. So, a mile. you're looking okay. at a little under an hour. Okay. Uh, the whole time on the way there, I want to be trying to just sense for magic uh, of any type. Okay. So what kind of crops are we talking? Just like standard cabbages and carrots and just, you know, nothing I'm, out of the ordinary. Just what's great for the radio is I'm <laughs> nodding vigorously. Yes, uh-huh. all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell they probably do a little bit of trade. They have a, a little square that you pass through where they probably gather to uh, to get their wagons in a farmer's market there. Cendric's going to keep an eye out for anyone actually working out in the fields. Oh, you see several um, people, actually. I was just thinking that as you approach the green cottage, assuming you knock on the door. 
there's no answer, but you do see off in the field behind her. Let's say she's working uh, cabbage, because I like that one. Um, she's just pulling weeds out of the cabbage field. Cynical, assuming she's looking in her direction, Cynic will just, you know, wave his hand and she'll, to get her and, attention. And she'll wave back vigorously and then turn around and keep working. <sighs> I think it's going to require a little bit more work than that, guys. Yeah. Just, <laughs> let's go talk to it's her. like the fr- friendly southern wave. Everybody just oh, yeah. waves right hey. back. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Four well-armed, dangerous people walking around our village. <laughs> well, I was trying to avoid stomping on her cabbages, but I guess if she's going to insist. Let's try to figure out a less, uh, I don't know, aggressive way of saying hello this time. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that stunned him. Days. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, doesn't seem aggressive. It's just kind of like, stop, you know, just for a second, you know. Maybe it wasn't the day so much as the bump to the ground. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so Marjorie is out in the field. She's tending uh, the thing. She finally realizes you guys aren't going away, and she turns around and starts making her way towards you. She finally exits her cabbage field, and she goes, hello, um, can I help you? Are you Marjorie? Yes, and you are, and you all give her your names. Uh, Victor said to come and talk to you. It seemed like he said that you may know a little bit more about what's going on around here, some sort of paranormal activity. <laughs> she looks at you cross-eyed. <laughs> paranormal? What he's trying to say is our, the Wanderers Guild sent us to uh, look into some rumors of demons and ghosts. And oh, it's so good such. that somebody has finally come out to tend to the, are the needs of this tiny community. I'm very grateful for your appearance here. Um, we seem to be having problems with uh, creatures coming out at night and tearing up our fields, and that's what I'm trying to clean up is get as many roots out as I can. And she goes into a grand detail of what she's doing in the field, and finally somebody gives her the move-on signal. She's like, oh, I mean, uh, well, uh, they seem to be coming from that path over there, and she points down one of the paths. Leading into the forest It took 25 minutes To get to this point for you guys I was literally about to say days <laughs> All right. Have One you, trick pony yeah. <laughs> Have you seen these creatures Or are you just the damage they've done Mostly just the damage We're way much much too scared With the amount of damage they're leaving behind uh, We're a little scared to go into the forest on our own. I'm not uh, We're not very good at fighting at all Has anybody seen a gremlin what? Wait, have you seen a gremlin? Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, and she's taken aback for a second. No, haven't actually seen one necessarily. Uh, seen the damage that they do around and in our fields, and I heard somebody lost cattle last week. What kind of damage? Uh, what kind of damage? <laughs> <laughs> Were you trying to find a voice there? I love it. Um, well, they tear up our fields. Uh, a couple of people have lost cattle, and they've been killed and then, like, torn to shreds. When you say tear up your field, is that digging? Like is they're looking for burning? something. Is that something? Digging? Rabbit? Yes. Okay. I guess. It's hard to tell. I'm not an adventurer like you. But you dig. I plant. And she kind of winks at you. And we're sure this isn't just wild dogs? <sighs> With the uh, with with wild dogs, you'd often see them, or we could capture them. The, but none of our normal tricks have worked for anything that we've normally encountered. Any scat? Any, any what? Scat poop? Oh, scat. <laughs> um, no, actually. Okay. Which would lead away from wild dogs again. Hmm. And she looks very thoughtful right now. That's a switch. So, do you believe that someone's intentionally doing this? Like, what have you all done to be targeted? She kind of just shrugs at you and goes, we've been here for years. 
for someone to come through and dig up our fields like they're looking for something seems not very nice. Are they targeting all the fields or just a few individuals? I've, I've noticed uh, Victor's, his farm seems to be beautiful. What's, you know? Well, the crops around it grow, but when they get to the middle, they start digging down. It's almost like they don't really want to tear up our entire field. Now that you've mentioned it, it looks like they're looking for something. Okay, which way? <laughs> <laughs> and she points down the path towards the forest. And uh, she says, you see four entrances into the forest from here. Uh, you have A, B, C, and D. They come out of C mostly. Well, I guess we should head towards C, see what we find. C. Uh, and so you do. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way down the field for a little while. And you're probably talking and conversing amongst each other and generally, you know, dispelling the time as you're making your way down looking for signs. And eventually you see an image hanging in the air. It's sort of see-through, ghostly, and then you hear it start to wail and moan. And it kind of alternates between those sounds repeatedly. Hmm. When you say image, like a humanoid image? Like uh, a slightly humanoid, ghosty? but definitely ghosty. I almost picture it more <laughs> like the way this town would dress up for their uh, autumn festival. Hmm. They put a sheet over their head. They cut two holes in the eyes for the eyes. Charlie and it's Brown. like it's hanging mm-hmm. up in the air, though. And it's making a... So are you talking about the town we're in or Knoxville? Yes. The, <laughs> oh, my God. In the farms. <laughs> so does it sound like uh, like a pan flute kind of moaning wind? Is there wind blowing? Is... It's incredibly still right now. Okay. Now that you're actually trying to pay attention to those sorts of things, it's as if the wind had completely died. And now this image, this ghostly image is hanging in the air, making these incredibly creepy, somewhat scary noises. So it is translucent, though. We can actually somewhat see through it. Yes. Okay. All right. That's Roll initiative. <laughs> Damn, I was about to say days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get into some combat for the very first time here in Sagaborn, the role-playing game. Let's go ahead and find out what our initiatives are. Sinric. 16. 16. Doff. 18. Artie. Nine. And Jen. Ten. Alrighty, let's go ahead and put these in an order that makes sense. And I am going to toss out these guys for you on our map. Oh, deadly pale things. And so let's describe the setup here. I've now drawn a path on the map for you. It's about ten feet wide and snakes off to the left and to the right behind you. The ghostly apparition is directly in front of of Jen, the elfling. Behind you are four shuffling creatures making their way towards you. Does somebody have knowledge that they would like to roll to find out what these creatures are? I have knowledge. I have knowledge as well. And I love Sagaborn again. Knowledge, one skill. It <laughs> covers nice. everything. 22. Now you well. beat me. All right, so all of you recognize these as zombies. The beautiful thing about zombies is they can only do one action around. Staggered? Basically, yes. Uh, So they can charge and attack, but that's about it. And the ghostly apparition is still standing there and floating above your head, and you're staring up at it trying to figure out what it is, and these creatures come in from behind you. 
And that's where we're going to pick up with our initiative order. And Doff, you rolled the highest. Awesome. Uh, can I roll like a perception or something to figure out what the aberration is? Uh, give me a spellcraft check. Spellcraft check. Okay. Uh, so I I have a zero. Does that mean I can't use it? Because I know in some rule sets, like if you don't have uh, a mm-hmm. modifier, you can't do anything with it. I'm going to let you roll anyway today. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, I rolled an eight, so I probably don't know anything about it. <laughs> it looks like a ghost. It looks like it's a probably ghost. a real ghost. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, and I do see the zombies. I'm assuming. Uh, yes, they they're crashing. They're loud. They're making their way towards you. Their sneaking was getting as close as they are, which is about five to ten feet away from all of you. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to turn to the right and attack uh, zombie number two. Alrighty, so you crash off out off the path directly towards the zombie, and you're just what are you doing in your attack? I've got a short sword, so I'm just gonna take the short sword and try and chop at him. Alrighty, so slashing weapon. Yep, uh, okay. seventeen is what I rolled. That so, will hit. Okay, great, uh, and that's before any modifiers as well. So it's just one d six plus two. Chop at him. Six points of damage. Ooh, <laughs> nice. What number is that that you're attacking? Uh, number two. Number two did six points of damage with a slashing weapon. Yes. All righty. It is now going to be number one's turn, and he is the one that is closest to me, and he will charge. Actually, he won't be able to run in a straight line, so he'll shamble up next to Doth. It is now Cynric's turn. Okay. So the trees that were surrounded by it, do they have... Uh Sort of like some of the, the pine trees stuff here. A lot of low, broken branches, like, down close to the ground. Do you want there to be some? Absolutely. Then yes, absolutely. Cynric is going to uh, turn on zombie number three, put his shield down, and bull rush it into some of those uh, broken branches and try to impale it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Uh, so we're doing a, uh, a heroic action yeah, in round one. I love it. Okay, go ahead and do your roll. You're using your strength. I am absolutely using my they strength. Will you- Ooh, I rolled really, really good. 25. <laughs> I did not roll that good. <laughs> I rolled at 19. Uh, I'm sorry, 23. Sorry, I, I misread Ooh. my sheet, but 23. That, you will still win by, like, one or two points. That is it. I also rolled a 19. So. Nice. <laughs> All right. So they, they struggle against you. You find it a little difficult, but eventually you overcome them. And tell me what happens. Basically, as he loses his footing, I find a good sturdy tree has a lot of, you know, like I said, where branches have, like, broken off and nice jagged points and drive the zombie as far back onto those all the way to the trunk. All right, I'm going to give you a D6 of damage. All right, plus strength modifier, that is? Sure. <laughs> Six points of damage. Six points. Nice. So as you drive him back, yes, the things pierce him, and it allows gore to kind of pour out around the limb sticking out the other side, but he doesn't seem to be quite as hurt as you would expect. Yeah, he's not alive. And what number is it? Uh, three. Number three. It is now number two's turn, who Doff just attacked. So that zombie is going to reach out with one of his arms and try and slam you directly in your head. And I rolled good. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that hits. What is it? It's at least a 19. Yeah, uh, my AC is 15, so. <laughs> just want to make sure I got the numbers right before I kill you. <laughs> You will take six, six points of damage. So I actually only take five because of my DR. 
Isn't that nice? That's beautiful. Your legacy item helping you out. All right, Artie. Okay, so it looks like I'm going to go for number four. Okay, so the one that hasn't been hurt or touched or looked at yet. Yes, Billy Goat Kick. (laughs) 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 Let me me turn the miniature around. Yes, please, thank you. (laughs) Billy Goat Kick. All right, this is going to be an unarmed strike. Okay. So it will be your base attack bonus Mm -hmm. plus your strength added to a d20 roll. Weapon finesse? Only applies to one weapon. Gotcha. I'm going to have to re-roll that went between the 10 and the 17. It's cocked. Yeah. Okay. Cracked die. Cracked. Five. (laughs) (laughs) So a total of five. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you, just as you turn around to give him a good swift billy goat kick, he shuffles off a foot in the wrong direction and you completely miss. The shambling creature... You yeah. <laughs> if I had Sirenscape loaded up, I would totally be playing those trombones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a bust. <laughs> and now the one that is impaled will merely attempt to pull himself off or at least break these branches that are impaling him. And he will succeed. He rolled very well on that strength check. So he just... He doesn't even try to slide off of him. He just wrenches his body to the left, back to the right. The branches break off, so there's still these limbs Mm. sticking out of his front. And he would go to attack you, but that's all he can do this round. (laughs) Would those limbs sideswipe us? I don't think they're that long. (laughs) All right, Jen. Show Um, me some magic. I am... Can I do... Give him a spellcraft check to identify the ghost? Sure. Yeah? Okay. 22. It's most likely... An illusion. Okay. In that case... You even think it's a silent illusion. <laughs> but it's making noise. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have ghost sound. Is it something similar it to that? It is exactly okay. that. Because um, it is a repetition of sound. It doesn't change once you start noticing. It's on a loop. So on. where's the man behind the curtain? <laughs> ah. So I... It doesn't really specify in the rules, but... Does days work on these things, the zombies? Today it will. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, free action. It looks like uh, Doff. Doff has two beside him. Yes. The one he has not attacked, the one that moved up, I'm going to daze it. Okay. As a free action. He gets a will DC 13. And he barely succeeds. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to go full Yoda and start <laughs> flipping towards the one that Cynric uh, is fighting. And touch it with uh, heal. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that works like other. It will. Sure. Okay. So you're going to reach out and do a touch attack. <sighs> yes. Against this. But creature. I'm flipping over. I'm like, like I said, full Yoda. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm going to need your heroic action on that one. <laughs> okay. Are you cool. using dexterity? For I, have, that? I have acrobatics. Okay. Then yeah. use this skill. I have points. Not a lot. Fourteen. Yeah. So you're full Yodoing. Yodoing? Yodoing? Five, <laughs> Five feet away. Okay. Um, I am going to empower it, so I'm going to use an extra mana point All right. and do D8 plus D6 plus one points of damage to right. the zombie. So you have to succeed at a touch attack? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Right. I, 18 plus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just picture you having done this incredibly, <laughs> entirely too elaborate yes, move for absolutely. five feet. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 
Uh, eight, nine points of damage. Ooh. Against number three? Number three. Number three, nine points of damage, and it is not happy. If, you know, you could tell whether or not a zombie's happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is number four's turn, and he is the one that you almost goat kicked, Artie. Instead, he is now going to slam you with a meaty, meaty fist. Is your AC 12 or less? Or yeah, It's higher. 17. <laughs> then he Holy will crap. miss completely. AC? That dex is nice. Dude, no joke. Yep. I got y'all beat. Oh. <laughs> right. beat. So that zombie reaches out, tries to hit you with a large meaty fist, and instead hits a limb just above your head, breaking mm-hmm. it off, but does no damage whatsoever to you. And that is the end of round one. It is now round two. Doff, it is your turn. All right, so I would like to use a heroic action to pick up the zombie number two and throw him at the illusion because <laughs> it was never told to me that it was fake. So I'm assuming it's a ghost. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what it, what exactly is going on. So I'm going to throw something at it. And the most readily available object is Why not number, throw a zombie? Something. zombie number two. <laughs> what else? Uh, I'm assuming strength. Uh, it is up to you. You tell me. Yeah, I, th- I think strength. I mean, I, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to use athletics. So that's going to be a skill with heroic actions. You use an ability. Oh, so an okay. ability modifier okay. of some sort. Yeah, I would go with strength then. Okay. Uh, rolled a 12, so plus my strength. This can be 14. Plenty. You pick him up, and you go to throw him away from you towards the silent apparition that's making noise. So I am going to need you to give me a strength check to okay. throw him far enough. Oh, okay. Because he's heavy. He's, you know, a solid 150 pounds of dead fighting weight. Uh, 13. 13 on a D20 roll? Yes. Plus your strength? Yep. All right, so you you do. You pick him up and you throw him at the apparition. He only goes five feet away from you, though. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't hit the apparition, but he's on the other side of me. You flanked yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Low wisdom characters are a son of a bitch, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but they're fun. <laughs> you flanked yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dolph, you have a bunch of move actions left. Do you want to do anything else? No, no, no. I don't think I want to do anything else. All right, the number one is going to take advantage of that flanking. 16. Actually, you know what? I just realized. Uh, flanking does not give you a plus two in this game as far as I remember. Oh, okay. It just allows uh, Hannah to use Artie to do sneak attack damage. Gotcha. But I don't think it does plus two. The plus two rule is out of this game. No plus twos here. <laughs> Are there like eight and others, things like that? Nope. Nothing. Nothing like that. That's nice. Yeah. So it's just a little simplification. If you want to do heroic action to give people aids, you can do that. But they're heroic action, not aids and that sort of thing. So 14. Will that hit? No. I have an AC of 15. All righty. So he hits you. But it is not enough to pierce. What is the armor you're wearing? The breastplate with the phoenix on it. Oh, so it hits that phoenix and it flares a little bit. And it adds like another ding into the breastplate. One more piece. Cynric. Cynric will uh, step back just slightly, rock back on on one of his feet and draw his sword and just do a draw cut across the zombie. Just try and behead him just straight up. Just go ahead and chop it off Mm -hmm. at the top. And what number are you attacking? Is three, correct? All right. Finishing him off. I hope so. 15. That will hit. Excellent. That's 1d8 plus 4 points of damage. 5. <laughs> and it falls to the ground undead lifeless. Alright, uh, then I, since I haven't moved, Cynric is actually going to turn mm-hmm. 
and uh, and since my shield bash is also a free action, he is going to essentially kind of shoulder Artie to the side a little bit as he as he passes him and try and knock the zombie to the ground that's attacking him. <laughs> All right, move <laughs> out of the way, shrimp. I'm three feet taller than you. I can't count. Uh, Twenty. That is plenty, and he falls down prone. <laughs> Thunk. And the zombie is on his back. Sort of helpless there, Mrs. Rogue. Now stomp his face. <laughs> and guess what? It is... So that was Cynric's turn? Yep. It is now number two's turn, and he's going to turn around and try and hit Doff. I rolled a 15. I add two to that. It will hit. I will do a little bit more damage to Doff. Three. Three points of damage. <laughs> and he slams you in your meaty head. <laughs> I thought Archons could take care of themselves. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm fighting too here, right? Right. Come on, man. I like to imagine getting hit by a zombie would be like getting hit with a bowl of lasagna. Like that lasagna <laughs> feeling. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of figured it was being slapped with a raw steak. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Artie, it is your turn. What number is that? Which one? Uh, the one on I'm the closest gr- to. That's uh, number That's four. Number, number four, four is and, on the deck. And he's he's prone, but he's alive, right? Correct. Well, I mean, ish. Ish. <laughs> he's moving. <laughs> How does prone work in this game? That is a good question. Uh, hold on just a minute. Let's actually look that up. Prone. Character knocked down is considered flat-footed and does not get their dex bonus. Standing up from prone is a standard movement action. Are awesome. there attacks of opportunity in this game? No. Okay. Well, actually, there can be if you want optional. them to be. Gotcha. There is an optional rule. Would cool. you guys like to use them? Nah. Nah, not for this. Nah. The zombie is considered flat-footed. So if you hit on this attack, mm-hmm. you get to do your sneak attack damage. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> do your thing. So at this point, Artie's pride is kind of wounded. <laughs> He's getting angry. He's snorting a little bit. Maybe a little bit of a, you know, angry. So at this point, the dagger comes out. And we're going to go for the elbow drop slash stab stab combination. Nice. I love it. WWF over here. Roll away. (laughs) What is your attack number? Okay, so I rolled a 10 plus plus 5. 15. 15. 15. That will hit. You find a good, nice, soft, slashy part. (laughs) Good. Roll your damage. 5. Plus? Plus your sneak attack. (gasps) Ooh. Don't forget your sneak attack. It's a D6. Oh, so I get to roll again? Yes. Eight. Eight total Eight. points of damage. Eight Smile. Points. See that grin? Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Fawn the Rogue is showing why this group keeps him or her around. Him. Him? Him. Okay. All I can think of is an angry Mr. Tumnus. I know! No, that's literally what I've been picturing this whole time by accident. (laughs) Mr. Tumnus with a leather jacket on? Yes! Goodness, yes. Uh, Number three is dead. Uh, Jen, it is your turn. Oh, wait. Um, I am going to, with the free action from the legacy item, I'm going to try to daze number two. Okay. DC 13, Will. Fails. And as my normal spell action, I'm going to try to daze the other one that's on the other side, number one. As what? As my normal spell. Okay. You're going to case, 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 daze, case, daze, number one. Yeah. All right. You daze the GM. Again, DC 13. And he also fails. So you have daze in your amulet, and you can also cast daze. Yeah, daze is a regular spell, but it's also 
I can put a zero level spell into my amulet to cast as a free action every round. Neat. So I put days in there, but I can also cast it as a regular spell. Very cool. And I'm also going to move forward to uh, get within range of Dorf. Doff. Doff. And that's it. Doff right. the Dorf. It is now number four's turn, and he stands up. That's all he does. <laughs> but he's going to fawn on top of him. <laughs> Everybody give me a reflex save. Uh-oh. Oh. I was waiting for something else. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, uh, Chad. Uh, natural 20, so 22 total. I think that'll succeed. Uh, so that was Cynric, Doff. 12. Artie. 20. And Jen. 11. So Doff and Jen, you have failed. The other two of you have succeeded. So you will take half damage, except for Artie, who will take no damage. Did you actually cast Fireball? Yes. Of course he did. <laughs> He's been hinting at it all day. And so, directly behind that ghostly image, which is now faded out of existence, uh, put him about another 10, 20 feet down the road. Yep, right about there. Right in the middle of this entire group, a fireball has exploded. Of course. This is how we end the game. <laughs> For a lot of you. Um, fireball does 5d6. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. 17 points of damage. Ooh. Is Jin down? Dead. Oh, uh, negative two. Negative two? Yes. So Blech. Jen is hurting. You said 17 points? Yep. I've got two points of two hit points. So Dolph is at two hit points. Dolph is at two hit points. And how is Cynric feeling? I have 17 hit points left. I think I've been hit okay. more than anybody so far. And the creature at the end of the road, it's like this pale, long, white hair, crazy red eyes. He's laughing maniacally. I will find what I'm looking for, and you will all die. And then we're going to move on to Dolph's turn. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jen has fallen down. I am at negative two hit points. I think that gives us a chance to talk about death in Sagaborn. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead. It's over. No. No, in Sagaborn, when you hit negative ten hit points... That is when you are permanently dead. So it's Up not until, negative con, it's just negative 10. Negative 10 is your limit. Yep. Uh, I think there's still stabilized. We may want to look that up. I'll look it. Let's uh, play around with what those rules are exactly. That's so, what we're here to do. Uh, while we're also talking about this, and I'm assuming we've still just now gotten hit by that fireball, I would like to be able to use disperse magic. That's one of my talents. Yes. Yeah. So That's exactly what you around, can do. Once around, I can negate a magic attack, so I take zero damage. But I have to be aware and not flat-footed. I'm assuming a giant fireball hurtling at me would make me aware of it. Yes. You you have a chance to see it. Okay. Uh, the creature was invisible and then reappeared when the fireball was cast. Okay. But you're not flat-footed. You could be aware of it. So I could be aware of it. All right. So it's a heroic action, and it is a free action. Um, I would assume that I would roll an awareness check for this. Since it's a heroic action, um, again, oh, those are abilities. They're, are not, abilities. they're not skills. Uh, so in that case, maybe, um, maybe a Constitution save against it. All right, I'm going to make a suggestion for you. What's yeah. your highest ability score? Constitution, which is why I said that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he's, he's, he's on and it. you're working exactly as you should. So how do you use your Constitution? To thwart this attack, um, I like to think that uh, my breastplate is probably keeping some sort of damage uh, from happening to me. Maybe it's uh, aware of magic. Maybe that helps me somehow. I don't know. No, it doesn't really have anything to do with the constitution, though. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I'm a dwarf. I'm hardy. 
I see okay. fire, and I'm used to welding, you know? So, like, fire is just not a big deal for me. Okay. Does that sound better? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the fans decide this one. Oh, they're going to hate me. <laughs> oh, God. I rolled really low. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 12 plus my constitution. It's a 16. Well, I rolled a 4. Oh, wow. So even if I add his biggest ability, that's still only an 8. Oh, so man, that's awesome. So I think zero damage. Yeah. So, yeah, Doff has taken no damage. So Dude, can you this. use that ability for someone else? No, it's just, <laughs> I, I believe it's just me. Gotcha. I, but th- that was actually the reason I said it, because I was reading it, and I thought, I wonder if I can help you somehow, but I can't. Okay. Uh, stabilizing a disabled character. If a hero is disabled, they must succeed. Uh, succeed a DC 12 constitution check to stabilize. Disabled. I guess that's... Oh, all right. they call it disabled. A character that's uh, below zero hit points is disabled. All right, after stabilized, they can try to succeed a DC 14 con check to see if they become mobile. If they become mobile, then they can perform one action, such as a half speed, move a half speed, cast a spell, use a skill, attack an adjacent creature at minus five to hit and damage. So you don't have to be at zero, apparently. You just have to be stable. So and then you come back, and you can become mobile again, which would allow you to heal yourself. So it's two checks. Uh... Hero is disabled. They must succeed a DC 12 constitution to stabilize. After stabilize, DC 14 to become mobile. So, Okay. Do you think we can use that, uh, do both rolls in one round, assuming you succeed? I would think it would be two different rounds. Or is the sort of stabilize happen right when you fall? See, it sounds to me like I'm immediately disabled. It sounds like it would immediately roll. You like you immediately roll whenever you're, you're disabled. So to to stabilize. Yeah, to stabilize. So for then today, the, then the following round mobilize. So for today, yep. uh, now that this creature has cast a spell, you were knocked disabled. So let's do your stabilize check right now. Okay. D twenty plus one, two. <laughs> so no. So you're not stable. So no. when your turn comes around, now you have to stabilize first. Yes. All right. Uh, I'll look and see if there's any kind of loss of hit points. So okay. continue. Doff, the man who has taken no damage from a fireball exploding in his face. And now I've lost my track. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So Doff, the man who has used his inter inner constitution, the inner fire wells up and allows him to just shrug off fire damage from a spell. It is now your turn. You see all the zombies are dead, by the way. Uh, You see at the end of the path, a good 20, 30 feet away from you, a cackling albino red-eyed creature. Hmm. So uh, Dolph is probably like hopping up and down and like patting out his beard from, you know, being on fire, like scorched. (laughs) Ow, 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 ow. So he's like patting out his beard, patting out his hair and everything and checking his little bald spot, you know. Uh, he sees this creature. Can I roll an awareness perception check? See maybe if I'm familiar with the red eyes. I mean, it sounds like it's pretty descriptive. Have I run into something like this before? Give me a knowledge check. Knowledge check. God, man, I can't roll today. Uh, that is going to be a nine. A nine. About the best that you can get out of that is you notice pointy ears. Pointy ears. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Doff will... How... So with two movements, is it with like... I can move 40 feet since I have a movement of 20. Or if I run, can I move 80 feet? Does that make sense? I don't know. I can't remember. All right, so kind of what I'm imagining is I would really like to be able to charge at this guy. Um, I think he's right at 40 feet 
50-ish feet away. How exactly does movement work in this rule set? Uh, I've got a speed movement of 20, so I know I can take two movements, which would be a total of 40. But if I'm running, do I get to move 80 feet? or? So I may have screwed up earlier. <laughs> uh, I said it was two move actions, but it is not technically two move actions. Okay. One move action can be split with another single action. Gotcha. So basically I can move a maximum of 20 feet. It's not that I have two movements of 20 feet. Correct. So you can only move 20 feet in a round. Okay. Uh, You can choose to attack. You can choose to cast a spell. You can choose to do a heroic action. You can choose to do a move action, a standard action, and stabilize. Those are all single actions. Okay. So here's a question for you then. If I choose to make something a heroic action, does it make my movement speed any larger? Does that make sense? Like if I'm doing something you deem heroic, can I do something a little extra? I like that idea. Let's do that. So you're trying to charge. Absolutely. Which we don't have any specific rules here. Sure. So let me give you a little bit of background. My whole thing is with being an Archeon, uh, we protect magic or we hate Mm -hmm. magic. With me, I like the idea of kind of doing a little bit of both. I like people that use magic the right way, and I hate people that steal from the land and the earth and whatnot and use magic incorrectly, which is what I'm assuming this creature's doing. Well, he um, cast a spell on you, so he's automatically using it wrong. Exactly. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so Dolph will, you know, like I said, he's patting out his beard. You son of a bitch, you're using magic incorrectly. You shouldn't do this. And he'll charge at him. All right, give me a heroic action to charge. I would imagine that since I'm charging, uh, to me, that seems kind of athletic. Uh, you know, having to have the stamina to run mm, at sure. him with my sword straight out and kind of stabby stabby. Uh, so I'm going to use my athletics check. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. no, that's the, it's a heroic action. Right. Spell. Uh, heroics or abilities. We'll get so, you there. Yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, I think skills and right. uh, Pathfinder. Uh, <laughs> and so, I'm doing, since you're doing a charge, you're doing a heroic action against the environment. Right. Just the general, you know, just a general roll. So I am just adding plus two to my roll. Okay. Uh, 17 after my roll. That will do it. So you charge at that creature. Yes. And you get right up in his face. It looks like it's exactly 35 feet. Okay. So right there. Done. I love it. And now you can get your attack off. Yes, exactly. Uh, So he'll have his uh, short sword, and he's going to try and just stab him right in the throat. And I rolled a nine, so he's probably going to miss. After everything, that is a 13. That hits. Wow, (laughs) really? Okay. Uh, So let's roll some damage. Man, I rolled low. Uh, Three points of damage. Three points of damage. And on that roll, Adam, did you use, did you roll 2d20s? I did not. Because you, you have that as I an would, option. I as would like to roll that as an option, yeah. Um, so I will use what is called Mage Bane. Uh, I get to use 2d20s, and this is once a round. Oh, one of them was a 19. <laughs> so it's not a crit for me, but still, it hits. All right, so you definitely hit. You do the three points of damage. And now we are going to move on to Cynric. Yeah, Cynric is going to turn. He's scorched, angry. He's actually just going to move up his full 30 feet so that he's just a little ways away from uh, the mage. And he is going to uh, plant his sword in the ground and draw and throw a dagger and try and strike him with it. Dagger throw. All right. So I'm going to say that's going to be base attack plus dex, most likely. You should have it on that sheet. Uh, I I don't know if it is. Oh, yeah, you do have range on here. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had the separate range. You prepared. Look at that. I am prepared. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> I may very well have bounced that off of uh, off the dwarf. That's a seven. <laughs> Your name is Dwarf the Dwarf? 
Doffed. 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 Doffed the door. Oh, okay. Come on, Matt. Which is even better. Uh, Yeah, so the dagger flings way wide and embeds itself in a tree about 20 feet up. (sighs) Artie? Okay, so at this point, I'm really, really upset. My friend's on the ground, so he kind of lets out this, No, Jen! And then I want to have him charge up, let's see, yeah, 30 feet, and I want to pull out my short bow. Eight. (laughs) <laughs> Man, this is wow. going right in my way. All right. <laughs> he has uh, plot armor. That will, so it is an eight total. That will also sail wide and embed itself right next to a dagger. And the hilt of the dagger. That, that poor tree. <laughs> all right, Jen, let's see your stabilized I check. bleed. Uh, all right. Uh, D20 plus one. Eight. <laughs> That's not enough. This is rough. This is 12, 12, right? So, so 12, yet right. again, we're in another party without a healer, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, he... No, Jin, I am the healer. Oh, sorry. Heal. Yeah. Well, yeah. Technically, yes. So we're still in a party without a healer at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, yes. Mm-hmm. So do you continue to take damage? I didn't find anything or? about having to stabilize as far as loss of blood or damage. It's just you're down. Just down until you're up. That's pretty easy. Wes is like, I want to get a TPK in some game. And he disappears. <laughs> I do? No. Oh. The creature that's cackling... Disappears. Pulled him off the map. <laughs> and he's cackling. And he laughs. And he moves away from the area where the Archeon was. And he goes, <laughs> Your silly, silly preparations will never thwart Zartov. <laughs> Zartov. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching an 80s cartoon. <laughs> Feels like it's great. That wasn't a complaint. I'm glad you guys are excited because I know I am. All right, all right, uh, we're gonna go back to Doff. It is your turn. The creature has disappeared. Uh, so, with magic sense, am I able to tell where he's at with magic sense? I'm gonna assume no. How long does no. it take to use it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, because you spend half an hour. Um, can I use an awareness check to look for footprints? Yes. Naturally. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah. So, with my awareness, is 25. With a natural 20, I will give you the square he's in. And it's 15 feet in front of you. Right there. That's the square he is in. I'm going to move right up to him and attack. All right. Don't forget, you get two d20s on this attack. Yes, absolutely. But it is a 50% mischance. Okay. I'm down with that. I rolled a 7 and a 9. So with my modifiers, that is going to be 13. I think you said hit earlier, so let me go ahead and roll. So roll your concealment chance. Yes. Do I roll high or roll low? What are we doing on this one? I don't know. What'd you roll? (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 29. Do I hit or miss? I always do high for your hits because you always want to roll tall. We always do uh, bigger numbers are successful, so 51 and greater would hit. So you rolled low. So you decide what space he is in. You get up in his face, and he dodges out of the way just as the blade passes in front of his face. I see some hair, like... <laughs> it, yep, it separates from his body yep. and floats down to the ground, and he stops cackling right there. Cool. So out of curiosity, I know normally in Pathfinder, uh, with skill checks, nat 20s don't mean anything. Correct. Do they mean something in this? Is there critical failures and critical successes for ability checks? Not like for that? skill checks and stuff like that. You're just being generous. At this point in time, yeah. Okay, yeah, nice. all right, cool. Cindric. Well, having worked with uh, the dwarf uh, a few times, and I'm assuming he's not completely insane and has some 
idea of where the guy is. So you even see the hair float to the ground <laughs> that he has separated. Cynric <laughs> uh, is going to do something very similar. He's going to charge up, and he's just going to try and lay into that general space with his sword. Okay. <laughs> I'll hit something eventually. <laughs> uh, not with that roll. That's a grand total of eight. So regardless. Okay. So you swing at him, and he just cackles as you miss completely, not uh, even close to anywhere to separate hair from his head. <laughs> Artie. I'm not a barber. <laughs> okay, I do have a question. So one sure. of my talents is weapon dexterity, and it yes. says to you know use my dex bonus when I roll. Yes. So do I use that and the plus five? No, I think one? Wes has already got it built into your... Yes, uh, it's already shoot. in your attack roll. Yeah. Good. With your short sword. Just wanted to make sure. Yep. Okay. All right, so I'm going to join my buddies up there <laughs> and, you know, try to swing wildly. What's your, <laughs> is your movement 30 also? 30. Mm-hmm. She'll make it. Yep. We're just flailing at this particular patch yeah, of forest. Yeah, so all three of you gang up on this space full of empty air, just mm-hmm. slashing at it. And he sh- you should be able to flank him now. <laughs> um, that, was, that was 30 right there. Okay. Really close. Oh, so not just not quiet, but almost there. Almost. Yeah, yeah okay. so you're not flanking. Okay. All right. So I'm going to use my short sword and try to hit some air. <laughs> 14. 14 will hit. <laughs> now roll your percentile dice and roll more than a 50. Looks like an 80. Mm-hmm. 80. She hits. All right. Nice. So you had a 50-50 chance of actually hitting this space since you... Since uh, Doff over there was able to pinpoint that square. Mm-hmm. So you've hit him. Now you can do damage. Okay. Her goat sense was tingling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One. <laughs> so you rolled a two? Okay. Unfortunately, you're not a very strong character, so you're getting a minus one to a D6 roll. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But one point of damage nonetheless. Very, very good. Chip, chip, chipping away. Chipping away. Do we yep. see blood? Yeah, it falls to the ground. Drop, 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 drop. Good. Does that reduce his concealment chance? Because we can see where it's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you play, but no. Um, It is now... 49 and higher. Yeah, 49 and higher. (laughs) It is now... What did I say his name was? Zartov? Zartov. Zartov. It is now Zartov's turn. Future corpse. And he backs away 30 feet. Straight up. Straight back into the woods. And he is going to begin casting another spell. And two bolts come out of his hands as he turns back, not being invisible anymore. And they both streak directly towards Doff. Uh, I'm going to try and uh, negate that again. Very good. You can do that every round? It's once a round, yeah. Holy crap. It's like, it it feels super broken. I'm not going to lie. I like it. 19? Holy smokes, yes. Yes. So they both slam into your chest. And you just fight off that feeling. The phoenix lights up. (laughs) But unfortunately, now your beard is frizzed out. Yeah. It's like twice the size. (laughs) So that's just a heroics check, then, yeah? Yes. So I add my constitution to it, so it says it's my highest. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, man, that was was the equivalent of magic missile. Unerringly strikes for 2d4 plus one point of damage, or plus two in this point. Like every time. It just can't miss. Oh, wow. And he sees you shrug this off, and he stops. (laughs) He stares. His eyes whoom, flash red, and he is gunning for you. 
Good. You also see a little trickle of pee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that dramatic ruining moment there, well, Matt. I waited until you were done. <laughs> does he go invisible again? He does not. Okay, good. Uh, Doff, it's now your turn. And yes, you see a, a slightly darker spot around his crotch. <laughs> and he's 30 feet away from me? Yes. I thought uh, that was where the four uh, already had stabbed him. <laughs> I only have 20 foot speed. Low. <laughs> Uh, since I only have a 20-foot speed, um, just like a fiend to run away far enough to where I can't reach up to him in one round, and he'll move 20 <laughs> feet up. <laughs> <laughs> you got little legs. Uh, you sure you don't want to do another charge heroic action? You did it last round. If you let me do it again, I will. Heck yeah, man. This is all what right. this is all about. Awesome, awesome. So in that case, I will heroically charge. You guys um, are the heroes of this story. 15 for the heroic check? That will work, because right. I rolled really low. And I like the heroic action part portion of this. It's not a guaranteed success. Yeah, you don't just true. automatically charge. You have to beat me in a roll. And all you're doing is moving a little bit more. Yeah. And you're charging, which, you know, in Pathfinder is double your movement anyway, so right. I feel really good about this. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I like that then. Uh, and then when I reach up to him, I'll take my sword and try and slash him. All right. Awesome. Uh, 16 to hit? 16 will hit. Roll some damage, buddy. 12. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's a D6 uh, That's five points of damage Five points of damage Chipping away very, very slowly As your friend behind you bleeds out slowly Cynric Cynric is, uh, also he's going to charge ahead When he gets close to him The first thing he's going to do is going to use his uh, Shield bash talent oh, Okay, going to knock him prone Try and knock first. him prone first All right. Okay, he is going to make his I hope you rolled worse than I did I got an eight total you win. Really? Oh, yep. Wow. Booped him on the head. Did I say his name was Zartov? It's actually Scourge. I was going to say. <laughs> his name is Future Corpse. Yes, it is. So and, he is prone. And then Sinric is just going to try and pin him to the ground with his sword. Just run him through. All right. I am not rolling well at all. That's an 11. An 11 will miss. He's, ah. he's prone? He is prone. So what happens is you go down, you stab him, and you hit him square in the chest. And, like, this uh, energy that's surrounding him sparks to life, and mm. you see it surrounding his entire body, and it deflects your sword off to the side. Ah. Cool. Very cool. Already? <laughs> okay, so once again, I'm going to charge forward with my little goat feet. Just like, <laughs> Wait for me! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to draw my dagger, and I just want to chuck it at him. You're you're right next to him. Yeah, okay. just right straight down. <laughs> so you're throwing your dagger from five feet away <laughs> at this guy lying on the ground. <laughs> Give me a roll. Ha <laughs> 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 I hope you hit. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like a like he's not even eight, worth bending over and stabbing. It's like an eight-inch throw kind yeah. of thing. Nineteen. Oh, that Ooh. will hit. And that was your total roll, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. He is denied his decks. Okay. Yeah, so so that should be a sneak attack. Should be two d six. You right? were able to find a soft, fleshy part. Uh, wait, is a dagger a d six in this? No, it's, uh, a, it's d4. a d four plus d4. a d six in this case. Yeah. Yep. Seven. Seven total, minus one for your strength. So six. Yep. So let me do some math here. <laughs> Carry the one. Alrighty. Jen, you've got to stabilize, man. They are needing you badly. Did it, did it mention any kind of, like, being unstable for so many rounds? Like loss of hit points? No, no, not loss of hit points, but I'm thinking death. Like, if you're not stable for, say, ten rounds, I mean, that seems like a long time to go without taking any kind of penalties or anything. True, but you've taken, like, I've been knocked out. 
right? Sure. So well, that's true, and it's really only been like what, probably twelve seconds. This will be, yeah, this will be right at twelve seconds. Yeah, so okay, that makes sense. I mean, you're bleeding out, but maybe you're clotting, things like that. Yeah, medical. I mean. <laughs> Hey, 20. 20. You nice. are now stabilized. And from now on, you can roll to become mobile. Right. Which is a DC 14. 14, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> He's over there taking a nap. So now you're conscious again. No, I am able to become conscious, stabilize, and then mobilize. And then mobilize. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. This creature is now going to cast another fireball. Right on top of himself? Just behind everybody. Hmm. So it only hits the two directly in front of him. 20 foot. Everybody give me your reflex save. That's hot. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use my uh, disperse magic. Ooh, of course you are. Okay. Um, then I need to roll my heroic action against you. 21. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be plenty. So you, again, absorb... How, what is that phoenix looking like now? Well, I like to imagine anytime I get <laughs> hit on. with magic, yeah, it glows for probably five or six seconds and then it fades away. Like it's absorbing all of the oh, magic. Kind so of nice. like the reason I was thinking phoenix is it's letting you be reborn every time you would have died. Ah, that's yeah, cool. Very neat. Cool. Very neat. Um, yeah, Cindric uh, got a 19 on his reflex save. Okay. I imagine he just saw it coming and just put his shield up. It's already scorched and just let it wash over him. And now it's just a little more scorched. That white field is turning gray very <laughs> Very yeah. quickly. So are we seeing the life being sucked out of the, the world around us then as he's Not casting yet. these fireballs? No. Okay. Uh, in order to see that, he has to actually consciously ravage. Gotcha. So he's not already ravaging. Right. He probably has a mana pool that's being contracted from. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Every spellcaster pulls on their life force to for their original mana when they run out for the day. That's when ravaging that's happens. That's when ravaging happens. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So I'm only rolling damage to attack Cinderic. Cinderic, 12 points of damage. Halved. Okay. So six points of damage total. Except I have DR, so that's four points of damage. Nice. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> I and still have, third, I have more than half my hit points left still. And then he will dash. He'll have to stand up first. Yep, he has to stand up. Oh, that's right. So he, like, casts it between your legs. A little <laughs> yeah, basically. Bit. A little <laughs> bit. He goes, <laughs> just like, flick the pee over by his head and just arced it. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll stand up. <laughs> And he'll curse oh. all of your names and your mother's too. <laughs> now yeah, it's seven said, generations. <laughs> now if we had said yes to a tax of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Doff. Uh, Doff will go ahead and try to attack him as he's standing up. Two dice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jen yells from the ground 45 feet behind <laughs> Two dice. Uh, 17 and a 12, so the dip, they'll definitely hit. Seven points of damage. He is not happy. He is indeed the word bloodied in all of its glory. Yes. Cindric. Stay down. And he's going to bash him with a shield again. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rolled pretty good on this one. Yeah, you beat me. I got an eight. Okay, yes. I beat you with that roll. I'm still going to stab him. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you forgot the stabbing part. <laughs> so you open him up with the, st- with the shield. Try and knock him down. Doesn't succeed. I bring the sword around and try and run him through. That's a 23. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, that'll hit. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Six points of damage. Ooh. <laughs> Not good at all, Artie. Would you please kill him? <laughs> now, we need to figure out what he's going after. 
Just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go for the short sword again. Says the gruff 30-year-old soldier, just murder him. We'll figure it out later. Uh, 12. 12 to hit? Unfortunately, that's not enough. Again, it hits this magic shield that's surrounding him. It deflects your blade away, and he's in the clear for a little while. Jen? I am going to mobilize... 14. Hey, hey. Exactly. All right, Woo-hoo. so now you can stand up. That was your action for this round. Sure. You can move. I will stand up. There you are. You're standing up. <laughs> Guys, where is everybody? <laughs> ah! <laughs> now Zartov's turn again. Closes his eyes. He begins to focus, and he begins to pull the life force from everything around him. I think he's a caster. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're four rounds ahead of you. <laughs> just trying to help. Chad, Uh-oh. I'm going to need you to stand up and look at this dice number that I just rolled for uh, his spellcraft check. It's a one, it's a one, it's a one. To Radish. I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> so this creature. So what was it? Begins to. <laughs> I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. And Seven. he begins to ravage everything around him. You feel the life force being pulled from you, and then it just—it's like it's cut off. And all of a sudden, you see him keel over and fall down dead. <laughs> nice, ladies and gentlemen. Wes in action. <laughs> That's why you don't ravage. The ravager so has him. killed himself. He had two hit points left, and he rolled a one. On his ravage check. So if you end up ravaging, you actually can pull, like you can hurt yourself physically. If you fail, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a D6 damage, so he did. Can I uh, get that goat kick in now? (laughs) Just kick him in the side of the head. Roll your unarmed attack. Let's see what you get. (laughs) Okay, okay. This is where we're going to end the whole recording is with your kick. Oh, this is wonderful. Okay. 18. Oh, man. man. And so, as this creature falls over and begins to hit the ground, Artie turns around with a back goat kick. Describe how this kick looks. Call your shot, Hannah. (laughs) There you go. Shot. All right. He's he's got his pride back. He's, He's bristling a little bit. He's looking really, really excited for himself. And he just lifts that leg up and rears back. And just drives it into the side of the thing. Legendary! (laughs) (laughs) And the scene fades to black. I imagine that last part was he's fallen slow motion. And then the foot hits it and it goes to double speed. (laughs) (laughs) It just launches really fast. Uh, Yes. Neck like snaps in two, you know. Okay, hands in the middle. (laughs) Hands in the middle, guys. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Sagaborn. By Michael Balachik and Brian Cooksey. You can find it on drivethroughrpg.com. I highly recommend it. Did you guys have fun? Oh, it's awesome. All right. (laughs) It's really cool. We really hope to do a few of these a little more often. We will catch you guys on the flip side. See you later. Later. Bye, everyone. All right. So we just wrapped up a session of playing Sagaborn with some made up stuff. Um, how did you guys feel about the system? Uh, I have a feeling while we were playing, a lot of this stuff was extremely positive. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think we love the system a, as a general whole. I had a ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, this was, was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. The total of the third time I've played, and yeah. I have not hated it yet. And, like, you know, Hannah being the rookie here, picked it up mm-hmm. and just played. 
Yeah, is with that one simple? half sheet character sheet. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was literally half of an eight and a half by 11 sheet is all the information you need to play this game. Yep. But we're trying to do a review of Sagaborn. So right. what are some uh, negative things that you would have to say? Some criticism. constructive criticism. Criticism, criticism things you would say? Well, for me, I think the the biggest point for me, and you know, like you said, this is the third time I've played it. I've enjoyed it tremendously every time. I think the only thing for me is there are a few points of clarification a little bit within the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, stabilize. You know, right. if if yeah. I'm if I'm disabled, am I actually bleeding out or am I simply unconscious until I stabilize? And because you have to both stabilize and then become mobile, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that there's basically no. Th- threat really other than just being out of combat once well, just, you fall down yeah just the word stabilize itself what are you stabilizing from exactly right? and it I makes mean, me it's it, to me it implies that you should be bleeding out but it's not explicitly stated yeah. right so you know or things like um you know with some of the abilities you know can you use it on someone else right you know that sort of thing very minor points of clarification it's just the edge cases that do tend to come up and mm-hmm. stuff like this yeah and i would say we didn't get to that point but like once you become mobile again you would have been at a negative two so can you act like you would if you were at a positive because it seemed like you would have been able to it, it had some limitations it did yeah. say like half half movement and certain things like that so it did have sure. some listed limitations mm-hmm. as mobilized which i assume goes away once you hit one hit point right i mean yeah, you heal yourself and yeah. now you're Regular, you got your bell action. rung, so right. you're not fully mobile until you've healed yourself. Right. Yeah. So essentially, this gives you additional ten hit points, which was something we were. T- I, I brought up uh, the negative ten is not modified by anything like Constitution. You know, mm-hmm. other games like Pathfinder, your Constitution score is your negative that you have to get to before you die. Maybe not that extreme, but maybe your Constitution bonus. Like 12 Constitution plus one will affect it to where you can go to negative 11, something like that. Just, just so that your tougher characters yeah, can right. last I mean, a little bit longer. Yeah, it just makes sense. Of course, we're talking about logic in a fantasy game. So, <laughs> right. True. Um, I cast Fireball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quiet you. <laughs> um, one, one of the things I was thinking about, it didn't come up, I didn't use the spell. Um, I've got the Wild Magic uh, ability, which just a lot, you know, gives me my shotgun. Is that a spell? Is that affected by my talents? Things like that. There's no clear ruling on that i'd be curious to know about that so and i know i know he's working on his i know he's working on his errata almost constantly sure oh yeah uh, even yeah. while we were at Chatacon, he yeah. was making notes to like mm-hmm. oh gotta add that right. to oh, yeah. the errata yeah. so we'll definitely need to follow up on that and see if there's anything already listed because yeah, i didn't like, check his website yeah. at all before yeah. we he may playing. very well have covered some of these yeah. points so yeah, and I would say one thing, it's not necessarily a con, but maybe some people could see it as one. You let me use the heroic action to move a little bit further. I think with those heroic actions, the, the only maybe con I could see is how far do they go? Like, mm-hmm. you know, as a GM, I know I've been in situations where someone wanted to do something crazy and I love the idea, so I let them do it. Mm-hmm. But if you let them go that far, then how do you go, okay, well, no, you can't do that again, or you shouldn't do that again. And I know ultimately GM rules and everybody's here to have fun and tell a story, but you know, I think it, it just kind of comes back to how far can you take those heroic actions? You know what I mean? Is there a limitation? And I kind of feel like it would, I like the idea of having just a little bit of limitation. Like you can use a heroic action to do X, Y, and Z, but not necessarily these things over here. Some sort of guideline. Yeah, exactly. Just a little bit of a guideline other than GM call. Clear boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That would fall under another one of my critiques was it is simplified, but maybe a little oversimplified, Mm -hmm. just a bit more direction. There's a little bit, Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, but it does give power to the DM to mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Like, yeah. it's a story. It's a storytelling system. It's a yep. lot of GM fiat, which is one of those things you either really, really like or you kind of don't. Um, I think it's generally a good balance. But, yeah, I can I could sort of see maybe some guidelines 
Now, and, and like I said, it goes both ways because I absolutely love being able to tell a great story. So those heroic yeah. actions, they make right. it a lot of fun. And that's mm-hmm. what made the session fun. You know, yeah. you can do oh, a yeah. lot of really fun I, things with it. Yeah, to be fair, I'd use the snot out of the heroic actions. And it sped game. things up no? a oh, lot. Yeah. Like it really sped the game up. Combat yeah. was just oh, quickly. Yeah. felt good. Uh, and for one of the things that I just read recently is as a DM, you very rarely want to say no. You just want to set a higher difficulty. So say <laughs> mm-hmm. with your 40 feet, that was double your movement. So it was just a straight up check. Right. Uh, if you wanted to, to move more than that, then the DC would get astronomical pretty quickly just to limit those t- types of things. That, that may be an option. That would be a great addition. Yeah, that would like, be a great guideline. Some guidelines. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Optional rule within the yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 I have no negatives. Really? Oh, come on. You got to say something. You got to say something. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Honestly, I had a blast. I had a blast. And as somebody that, you know, isn't as familiar with the whole gaming thing like you guys are, I love the simplicity. There's so much room for imagination. And I have like the imagination of a five year old. (laughs) That's why we like you at the table. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. So, I mean, being that you're fairly new to role playing games in Mm -hmm. general and to this one particularly, I mean, was it, you know, how easy did it feel to pick up just as a general thing? Well, I, I think it probably helped that I um, had some experience with more, you know, rule heavy games mm-hmm. first, because then I was just like, oh, this is this is cake. This is <laughs> right. nothing. You know, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I would love to be able to take a group of people that have never played a tabletop RPG that have interest in it and run them through uh, some mode of like a small campaign with this, yeah. because this would be so much fun to just let them tell a story and have some guidelines, which is basically what this is. It's like a, like you were saying earlier, like 30 page guideline on how to tell a great story. Right. Yep. It's, it's, and it's awesome. I think that's so cool. <laughs> there are more guidelines. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I love the magic system. I love the points. I love the man. I, I do love, too. Yeah. That's really, I love, it's not, it's not, uh, I don't Bansian. know. Bansian. Not Vantium, but as uh, far as the, the, the spell pool, like mm-hmm. I played essentially a wizard, but I could heal, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that. There's no, it's, like, like I said earlier, it's more, it's more magic shaping yeah. than just, you know, reti- reciting a spell you learned at right. some point. Yeah, right. I love the way that they do magic in this game for me, because I know I've played, I've tried playing several magical creatures or characters in Pathfinder, and there's just a lot of upkeep. And with this, it seems like there's not nearly as much work to be done. And I think that's really neat, just like the way they simpli- simplify it. I think that's the basic thought is it's simple, it's fun, mm-hmm. and we just had, what, an hour and a half of a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy the options, and I enjoy the fa- in Pathfinder, and I enjoy the, the way it's laid out. But it is nice to play something where a lot of that is fiat. Yep. You know. I do have one question for you, Wes. It's not something we would have gotten into in this game. Are, is there any kind of multi-classing in, in this rule set? Yes. Yes, there is. And just reading it by the rules, I would be very, very tempted to do a level one of every class. Yeah. <laughs> build a character and see exactly how it plays out that way. Because they have two columns in the class build. The left column is what you get as you level up that specific class. So extra hit points, maybe some extra talent points if you're a fighter, some more spell stuff as a spellcaster. In the right column, you get as a character level. Hmm. And it's the same on every single class. It's skill points, it's talent points, and I think a hit point here and there, as well as ability scores. So you get those at every level, no matter who you're playing. So it's just total class level. Total class class level in that right-hand column. And it's pretty powerful. Hmm. I I could really dig playing... um, like a, a wilder rogue Archeon mashup. Yeah. It might be pretty interesting. One more thing is the multi-class for wilder. You could 
technically after a few levels move into Luminar and replace all of your wilder levels as a Luminar. It's oh, in wow. the rules that you can Interesting. do Interesting. So you, you start learning the official way to, of magic then. Right. It's almost like you went to school or as right. you're more solidifying your practice. Right. Well, I mean, I think for me, I can safely sum up my feelings on it is I really enjoyed it and I strongly say we'll see it at our table again sure. oh, eventually. Yeah. You know, I do like the, uh, it's the Epic 8 Yes. So yeah. even if you yeah. you're talking about how powerful it is, can't be that powerful. I mean, you're you're going to level eight, so you get your cap. Mm-hmm. You really, you still have to decide. However, speaking of power, we that archon ability of just shutting down a spell every level, oh, every that's round. That's so insane. That seems needs. It looks like it needs some work on. It needs to be worked on because that it seems very powerful. I mean, sure. well, but the, so the argument is for me at least, we ran one camp. Or we ran an hour long one shot kind of deal. Sure. We ran into one magic user, but from my understanding, magic isn't everywhere in this realm. So that, that ability may not ever come up again. Good point. You know, I mean, so it seemed broken in our session. Sure. But it only seemed broken because we only fought something magical. Well, and one-on-one, if it were him backed up by half a dozen archers, exactly. he would be full of arrows and he would be hitting me with lightning bolts. Exactly. So that, so, I think that skill is very situational and I think it just so happened to be very broken in our situation. Yeah. Well, and it is your primary shtick. Yep. I mean, you know, and I wanted to showcase, it. Yeah, that's why I did what I did. Also, he targeted you. I didn't target the guy on the ground with magic missile or either of the other two characters targeted mm-hmm. you. Right. Was that part of legacy or is that just Archon? That's just an Archeon. That's just Archeon. Because uh, I, I played an Archeon in the uh, Chattacon one that we played. Oh, that's right. And that's I right. had the, the same ability. It just I didn't get hit with quite as much magic as Adam <laughs> did. Yeah, there were also six or seven players. Yeah, there were several table. more. Yeah. So, that. yeah, this is yeah. fun. So thoughts. I think it was awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end this session with a uh, one through 10 scale. How do you rate Sagaborn over the entire tabletop? Everything you know about tabletop games, where would you rate Sagaborn? <laughs> you know, with as it stands now with any additional clarification, thing, I would give it a solid eight. It would easily move up into a nine with some some clarification, a little bit of expansion. That's pretty good coming from you. I know some of your critiques on other systems. I'm kind of growly. Yeah. Actually, really good. But yeah, awesome. I, I really enjoy it. Cool. And that's the number I had in my head was eight skulls. Yeah, eight skulls. Eight out of ten yeah, skulls. Eight out of ten skulls. All right, we're, we've got a new thing here. Uh, Adam? Uh, I was Actually, my, my number was 8.5. 8.5 uh, skulls? I, eight, eight and a half skulls, yep. All right, so is it missing the jaw or the eyes? Uh, <laughs> missing the jaw. Okay. Hannah? Solid 9.75. No. Oh, really? Not really even like a 10? No 10? Uh, 9.75. I will give it a solid 9 in my system. I just absolutely adore this system in all yeah. of its shape and yeah. form. I, I will definitely use it. Yes. I, and I agree with Chad. You do some little refinement, some of the things we had issues with, mm-hmm. easily close to 10. Very yeah. cool. And, and a lot of that could be handled by a little bit of optional rules. Yep. Just stuff that, like yes. you can add this in yes. if you want to, a little yep. pick and choose. And yeah, it easily boosts Brilliant. it up. It's so minor stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, by his core rule book, he has artwork from some amazing artists in yes, here. Yes, he does. Larry oh, Elmore. Elmore is in there, yeah. And just some guys you would really recognize. Sam Flegel, I think, Flegel, is... Flegel's the cover, yeah. The cover art. Yep. So and it, some of his own artwork's in and there. And he's got it? a fair bit yeah. of his yeah. own. Uh, him um, and I believe his brother as well. Michael and yeah. Paul are yeah. both yeah. featured in there as artwork. well. That was, if nothing else, buy the book for the artwork alone. It is bar none the, one of the best artwork books I've seen. Cool. Anything else, guys? Thank you, Sagaborn. Thank you, Michael and Brian and the whole Sagaborn crew. We'll find you on Facebook later. Yep. Check out their Kickstarter, guys. All right. Thank you all. See you.